0: we unite together in prayer? We thank Thee, Father, for that greatest of all gifts, all other gifts in one, even our Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank Thee that He was born to die in order that we might live. And as we take inventory of the old year and call to remembrance, All that we should have been, all that we have failed to be. We pray thee that Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas, born to give us life and victory and purpose in life, may become infinitely more precious to us as from today, because we ask it for his dear name's sake. Amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter eight and that it will profit us all if we hold this passage open before us throughout the entire message today Deuteronomy chapter eight with especial special attention to the first part of verse two and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. My subject this morning is a call to remembrance. It is at once refreshing, edifying, encouraging and often solemnizing too to look back upon a whole course along which the faithful hand of God has conducted us to trace the wise and gracious dealings of God with us, to mark with attention his marvelous interpositions on our behalf, to remember also some of the serious lessons that he has taught us throughout our pilgrim journey. In Old Testament times, God continually called his people to remember to exercise heart and mind in calling to mind all that God had done for them and in them and through them and in the New Testament we have exhortations to the same effect Peter in his second letter tells us that there are certain truths and experiences that were always to bring to remembrance in fact his own words are I think it meet so long as I'm in this tabernacle or in this body to stir up your minds by way of remembrance. And so I would call you all this morning to a remembrance, employing the words of God to his ancient people, the Jews, as recorded for us in this eighth chapter of Deuteronomy. Think again of these words to which we'll return just like the chorus of a hymn. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. Here is a call, first of all, to a thoughtful remembrance. A thoughtful remembrance. So often we're so perfunctory, so nebulous, so woolly-minded, so lacking in any kind of mental concentration to think through what God has indeed done for us as men and women who call themselves Christians. Here is a call to a thoughtful remembrance. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. A thoughtful remembrance, first and foremost, of God's patience. God's patience with us Thou shalt remember all the way the Lord led thee these forty years. Hold those words. Forty years. The number forty in scripture is always a symbol of testing. Moses was forty years in the wilderness. The training hand of God upon him. Our Lord as man was forty days and forty nights in the wilderness. Tempted of the devil. 40 always speaks of the testing of man and of the patience of God. God can always afford to wait. The wheels of divine purpose move slowly but surely. And as you look back over 1959, my dear friend, have you thought through the patience of God with your life? How patient God has been with you. How often you deserve to be put on the scrap heap and not picked up again. But in patience, he's led you on and on and on to this very hour. That temper of yours has reared again and again and the teeth and the eyes have flashed with anger. And God has looked down upon you And sought to teach you a deeper experience of his indwelling controlling spirit. But again the self has come up again. And you've wondered why God hasn't flung you on the scrap heap. And forgotten you altogether. But you're here. You're still here. Have you ever thought through the patience of God with your life? You have a bad tongue. It's cutting. It pierces right through to hearts. And thousands of people throughout a year have been wounded. And God has reminded you of it again and again. He's brought scripture after scripture to bear upon your life. And still that tongue is cut. And still that tongue has been used to ill effect. And yet God has been patient with you. You're here this morning. And you're listening to the voice of his servant. That mind of yours has been allowed to wander It has been the meeting place of all the unclean birds who brought defilement upon you and you knew it was wrong but again and again you fed the thought life on material that you knew was not right. In fact it was all wrong and God has reminded you again and again of it and he's been patient with you and you're here this morning a thoughtful remembrance Am I thinking of somebody here who has some inward sin, and again and again you've been defeated. Why? Because you've made provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. When the word of God explicitly states, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. And God is being patient with you. You could have been cast aside. It was his prerogative to do so. But his patience has dealt with you, and all these years he's led you down the way. Under testing, under trial, it's true, but under his patient hand. A thoughtful remembrance of his patience. But I call you to remember too, thoughtfully, not only God's patience, but God's purpose in your life. Thou shalt remember all the way the Lord led thee to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. God's purpose has been to prove you, to test you, to give you an opportunity to show, first of all, your allegiance to God, to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. Although he's the all-knowing God, it's just like him to give us a chance to show how real is our faith and hope and love. Tell me, tell me, have you saddened him or have you gladdened him? Tell me, as God looks back upon the twelve months with which he's been dealing with you in patience and with a definite purpose, has he been gladdened by your increased allegiance? He sought to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. Tell me, has the real heart been revealed? In true allegiance to him? Has your life been one of new dedications right throughout the past year? Can you look back upon moment by moment yieldedness to his sovereignty and has your heart been one of true allegiance to him in every respect? The God of purpose is the God who's looked for allegiance from your life but not only has he been testing you to prove your allegiance to him, he's been testing you throughout the past year to prove your obedience to him, to prove whether or not thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. Think of the many times he has spoken to you through his word, from this very pulpit, in your quiet times, in the word of some faithful friend, have you obeyed him? Have you obeyed him? Jesus said, "If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments." Keep my commandments. Have you demonstrated such love or are you a disappointment to him? What is belief without behavior anyway? What is orthodoxy without obedience? Remember to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. As you look back over 12 months behind us now, I'm asking every one of you to be serious in the presence of God, to forget that there's another soul listening at that radio but you, to remember that you're alone here in the presence of God and you're not responsible for anyone else just at the moment but for your own answerable and accountable challenge to God. Oh God, I challenge thee now As I sit in thy presence, have I obeyed thee throughout this entire year? Is there any true issue, important principle of obedience that I fail to go through with? I wonder if I'm talking to some young man here and you know very well that this year God called you to the mission field and you've done nothing about it. You've done nothing about it, you've gone back to your business, you've engaged in friendships and recreations and you've forgotten the challenge of God to the mission field and you're here a disobedient Christian. I wonder young woman if somebody came into your life in the early part of 59 and the word of God came clear and plain to you, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers and you knew that that person was an unbeliever and you persisted in that friendship and it's eaten into your soul and your life has been embittered yes your life has been defeated your life has been dissipated and you're here as a disobedient Christian this morning my dear sir you know that there was a business principle on which you weren't clear in the mind of God and as you knelt to pray about it You were told clearly from his word that this must be finished with. You must clear your books. This was not a business deal glorifying to God. And it was a challenge to obey. But you didn't obey. And you found this last Sunday of 1959, a disobedient businessman. wonder if I'm talking to some mother here. You know very well what God said to you about your children the importance of teaching them the word of God and praying with them and encouraging your husband to set up that family altar and be quiet in the presence of God each day as you read the word of God and it is a clear word from heaven, a clear word from heaven and twelve months have found you disobeying right through to this very hour. Will you be thoughtful in your remembrance? God has led you all the way Will you be reminded of his patience again today? Will you be reminded of his purpose today? Why has he been with you? Why has he dogged your path? Why has he followed you throughout 12 months? I'll tell you, because of his patience and because of his purpose. He's longed that from your life may come allegiance. He's longed from your life may come a new obedience. He's proved thee to find out what was in thine heart. He has proved thee to find whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Yes, he has led you throughout twelve months, not only to prove your allegiance, not only to prove your obedience, but also to prove your dependence on him. To prove thee he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live, by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Men and women, I wonder if you've ever faced this. The only life that pleases God is a life of faith. Indeed, the writer to the Hebrew informs us, without faith it is impossible to please Him. The life of dependence is the life that the Lord Jesus lived perfectly He would not move a step, he wouldn't utter a word or do a single thing save by the authority of the word of God and in utter and entire dependence upon him. It is important as well as instructive to remember that the words we're considering now are the very words that our Lord Jesus quoted when he was tempted in the wilderness of the devil. He was determined to show the devil and all those who should read the gospel record in days to come that the only way of triumph and in the only way of pleasing God is the life of utter dependence of faith upon him. Tell me how many of you have lived entirely in the flesh throughout this past year. You've used your brain. Independent of God, you've used your lips, independent of God, you've used your hands, independent of God, you've used your feet, independent of God. It's being not Christ but I, not Christ but I, and everybody's seen that it's the real I in your life that's been dominant. Instead of not I but Christ. Not I but Christ, for I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. This is the victory which overcometh the world, says the Apostle John, even our faith. To try and live any other way is to sin. Let me repeat that, to try and live any other way is to sin. For the Bible clearly states, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And a man hasn't to be an immoral person. A woman hasn't to be a thief. You haven't to involve yourself in some big embezzlement to be living in sin, to be living in sin day by day throughout 12 months because you've not lived by faith. For only a man who lives by faith in the Son of God as the indwelling mighty transforming Savior pleases God And the reason why he's moved with you and worked with you and led you throughout the entire 12 months is because of his patience and because of his purpose. His patience in following you right through all your failures and not giving you up. His purpose in seeking to draw from your heart that allegiance, that obedience and that dependence for which he's been looking. Tell me, have you failed him? Have you failed him or have you been faithful? This is the last Sunday of the new year and we take inventory. Have you failed him or have you been faithful? But I'm glad there's something more in this passage. There's not only a call to a thoughtful remembrance. There's a call here to a thankful remembrance. There's a call here to a thankful remembrance. Thou shalt remember all the way the Lord thy God led thee and fed thee with manna which thou knowest not. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee. Neither did thy foot swell these forty years as you look back upon your life and call to remembrance all the way the Lord has led you. My friend, are you not thankful first of all for God's provision? God's provision? The Lord thy God fed thee with manna. What the manna of God was to the children of Israel, the Messiah of God, is to Christians today. The sustenance of their life was as miraculous as their salvation, and so is ours. God doesn't only work a miracle when he saves us, God works a continuous miracle by keeping us. Jesus is the bread of God which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the whole world. He taught us in John chapter 6. Christ not only saves but sustains and satisfies. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Yes, Christ is our manna from heaven and our very water from the rock of flint. Can you think of all that Jesus is and means to you day by day and not be thankful? Tell me my friend, as you've walked and talked with him throughout another year, as you proved him in all of his vicissitudes of life, as he's become to you the fairest among ten thousand, the altogether lovely one, can you say with Peter here this morning, can you really mean it? Unto you which believe he is precious, has the Lord Jesus become increasingly rich and precious and wonderful to you? Has he? Well, you ought to be thankful as you call to remembrance all the way the Lord has led you and you think of God's final and full provision to you in Jesus Christ. Jesus, your all-saving, sustaining, and satisfying Savior. But we're to be thankful not only for God's provision, we're to be thankful for God's protection. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell. What durable clothes and continual health was to the physical well-being of the children of Israel. God's protection in Christ is to us. The robe of God's righteousness which adorns every blood. Bought pilgrim on their way to heaven. Never gets worse for wear. The Christian has every right. To employ Isaiah's language and to say. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee. There is no experience of Christ in his protection of us, whichever grows stale. These garments constitute the complete answer to the enemy's accusation and attacks. To be clothed in Christ is to have the whole armor of God upon us. Christ is our totality of armor and garments against the attacks of the enemy however he comes. Whatever the elements he may use to try and overwhelm us we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Why? Because God has clothed us with the garments of salvation and with the robe of righteousness. Neither did thy foot swell these forty years. In her song of thanksgiving Hannah, Hannah could exclaim he will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces if you have walked worthy of your vocation then you owe it to the protection of God as you call to remembrance all these facts how thankful you ought to be my dear friend every step you've taken in the will of God has been a step of victory Every time the devil has hurled his worst at you and found you impervious to his attacks, it's because he has kept the feet of his saints. There is no step I can ever take out of the will of God that I don't become involved in immediate defeat. But there's no step that I can walk in the path of his choosing that I don't prove his triumph, his glory, and his purpose and direction. For a guided way is a guarded way and a guarded way is a guided way. And if I have walked at tall in victory this year, if you have walked at tall in victory this year, you owe it to his protection. As you call to remembrance all the way that the Lord thy God has led thee throughout these twelve months. Don't you want to be thankful? Don't you want this moment here this morning to be one of utter and complete gratitude? Don't you want to say, Lord Jesus, thou hast done all this for me. Henceforward, I would live only for thee. Why thou shouldst ever set thy love upon me, I never can tell. Why thou shouldst ever take time to be patient with me. Why thou shouldst ever have a purpose for my life. Why thou shouldst ever provide for me, so that I've never hungered at all. Thou hast been my satisfaction, thou hast been my manna from heaven. Why thou shouldst ever protect me as if I deserve protecting, I can never tell. But in utter gratitude, I fling myself at thy feet to give thee my heartfelt thanks. Is that what an inventory of twelve months effects in your life? But think with me still further. Here is a call not only to thoughtful remembrance of God's patience and purpose. Here is a call not only to thankful remembrance of God's provision and protection. But here is a call to remembrance which brings us to our third point. Here is a call to a trustful remembrance. As I look back and see what God has done for me, in my heart there's born a new faith, a new trust, a new reliance and dependence. And I look into the future with a trustful remembrance of all that God's done for me. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. One of the edifying effects of a call to remembrance is that we can interpret the future in the light of the past. So a thoughtful remembrance leads us to a thankful remembrance and this in turn leads us to a trustful remembrance. Indeed we become trustful of three great facts again about God. First of His continued presence. His continued presence. Thou shalt remember all the way the Lord led thee these forty years in the wilderness. If God could be trusted throughout 40 years in the past, what are the coming days? Said the child of Israel. And the Christian says, if he kept me throughout the 12 months and more behind me, can I not trust him as I look into the future? Listen to his own word. I am the Lord. I change not. The Lord Jesus uttered the same truth just as brightly in the New Testament when he said, Go, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And again, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. God has promised his presence. It's a continual presence. And as I look into the future having thought through all he has done having expressed to him my thanks for all he's done faith is born what for to trust his continued presence in the coming days is that the kind of trust that this call to remembrance invokes from you calls from you not only is there this continued presence of our God but there is a trustful remembrance of his continued promise for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land we've read in this passage and this whole chapter ought to be read and reread at leisure you ought to dig into every note of it there isn't time to expound some of the wonderful truths that comes out of this figurative language this language of history this language of God's great promises of material and physical blessing to his ancient people. The whole chapter is a revelation of the good things which God had promised and prepared for his people. The promised land was to be full of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and a land of oil and honey. And a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. And so God piles up picture after picture of the abundance of the land into which he is seeking to bring his people. And that promise stands today. All the high spots, all the high experiences of the 12 months behind us are not to be compared with what God has before us. It's ever better as we go on. Why? God has promised that. Listen to the language of the New Testament. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And again, listen to his word. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I wonder how many of us have really entered into Canaan. I wonder how many of us have died to self through the waters of Jordan. How many of us have emerged unto resurrection side into the land of honey and fullness and blessing. I wonder how many Christians in this very church this morning are paupers. They believed, and that's where their Christian life is finished. They said yes to Christ, and salvation was theirs, and that's where they finished. They've never moved an inch. God holds before us the mighty, exceeding, great, and precious promises of a land full of blessing. The heavenly experience of Canaan. All that God has for us in Christ, in heavenly places, to be enjoyed, notwithstanding upon earth every experience a victory he intends that we should enter in and step on every piece of land and make it ours possess our possessions in Christ and that is the fullness of his promise for our lives I say God has promised and he keeps his promise he'll never fail us what he has said he will do and he's promised us not only continued presence he's promised us not only his continued word he's promised us his continued power thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power in saving his people out of the poverty of Egypt in sustaining them in the waste and howling wilderness in leading them into the land of promise and plenty he was giving them power Increasing power to appropriate all that could be theirs in the purpose of God for their lives. Surely this is a beautiful illustration of the power which God has promised to us for laying hold of our possessions in Christ. Entering in and breaking down Ai's and Jericho's and entering into the fullness of blessing that there is for us. Notwithstanding the battling in that great land of Canaan. I wonder how many of you have entered into the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ and have so received power to receive it that you've also received power to preach it and to share it. I wonder whether you are making an impact in that office. I wonder if you are making an impact in that bank. I wonder if you are making an impact in that home. I wonder what difference there is in that situation where you live every day since last year and the beginning of the year. What have 12 months effected in the place you work every day? Has the increased power that God has given you to lay hold of the resources in Christ made an impact upon that situation? Is it different or is it just the same? So our thoughtful and thankful remembrance of God's goodness and mercy leads us to a trustful remembrance of Him. If we have failed Him in the past, let's see to it that we are faithful in the future true remembrance leads us to rejoicing but rejoicing leads us to resolve if we've needed god's patience and purpose provision and protection presence promise and power in the past how much more we need him in the coming days Oh that your prayer may be as you go out of this place having called to remembrance today all the past and all the possibilities of the future is that you're gonna call upon all the resources that are in God by Christ through the Holy Spirit in your life. And your prayer is going to be moment by moment I'm kept in His love. Moment by moment I've power from above. Moment by moment till glory does shine. Moment by moment O Lord, I am Thine. Let us pray. As you call to remembrance, thoughtfully, thankfully, and trustfully, all that God has been to you and promises to be to you, will you yield your life to Him right here and now? Will you just say very simply, Lord Jesus, Thou hast done all this for me. Henceforward I will live only for thee. Will you do it? Write and let us know that you have done this. Encourage us by your letter and tell us just what God has done in your life and I'll be glad to acknowledge it and to send you a message of help through the post. Lord seal with thy Holy Spirit the impact of thy word to each one of our hearts here this morning and to thee we'll give all the praise and glory For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. This is David Olford. You have been listening to a message from God's Word delivered by my late father, Dr. Stephen F. Olford, who went to be with the Lord in the year 2004. If you wish to learn about our online resources or learning events at the Institute for Biblical Preaching, our web address is Olford.com. That's O-L-F-O-R-D dot org. You also may want to benefit from our online video training on expository preaching, which can also be found on our website. Thank you so much for listening.